today. If you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 3 tonight. James chapter 3. We'll start with verse 13 where we left off. Go to the end of the chapter. And I can't wait to preach next Sunday morning on spiritual prayer. Spiritual praying. Praying in the Spirit. That's what I'll call it. And I'm looking forward to that. It's one of my favorite chapters, chapter 4 of James. But we don't get ahead of ourselves. We want just to um, uh, thank God for chapter 3. I want you to study with me. And uh, went a little over time this morning. And I was amazed. I lost track of time. And so I'm going to try to be very to the point tonight. Uh, appreciate all of you that went out visit, visiting. I want you to do this now. Every first, every first Saturday, we try to meet for two hours. And uh, that's including, uh, well, three hours really. But the first hour is, is, is breakfast and, and Bible study. And two hours. And uh, I figured it up. We're, there's um, 672 hours in a month, approximately. We're asking you to give two of it, three of it at the most, per month. Now, anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. That's not asking too much. We used to be real staunch. If you're going to be a leader in this church, you had to go visit every week. I mean, that was the way we started it. I thought, like, if, you're going, if we're going to teach, we've got to reach. And I've, I've slacked up, got melon, com- compromised my old age. I'm just saying come once a month, once a month, three out of 672, that's a, not even a tenth of the, of the month, so try to schedule that if you would, and I was amazed at the great attendance, so I'm not fussing, I'm just saying you, you ought to schedule it, um, we had several teenagers here, uh, and uh, it was great to see them excited about visitation, one dear mom comes over here and uh, waits the whole two hours till we get back uh, so they can go visiting. And I'm telling you what, we had some good visits yesterday, good visits. I'm, I'm standing amazed at what God did. I ran into an old friend. He said I was an old friend. I didn't know him. He's kin to you, brother, uh, Sister Joanne. And, man, he talked and he talked. He almost talked as much as Joanne, but he talked, amen. <laughs> and, I mean, it was a good talk. And he was talking about the Lord. And then the visit we was trying to make, we saw in the peripheral vision, or Blaine saw it, that the guy quietly shut the door so we wouldn't talk to him. So we went up there and banged on the door like gentlemen. And uh, as I was leaving, this fellow I've been talking to for 35 minutes says, Hey, don't worry about it, preacher. I'll take care of him. We'll get him back in church. And I said, And you know something would be good for you to get in church too, amen, while you're at it. And uh, it was a blessing how God works things out with a guy from Tunnel Hill, changing his oil in the front yard. Now, if you want to learn how to visit, the best way to do it is to be the silent partner. You come with me. I always take the first-time visitors, and you come with me, and you just observe, and you, and you help, and you pray. You run interference from people that's t- too talkative and take them out on the porch and distract them while I win the others to the Lord. That's good training. It's called discipleship. And I believe every one of you leaders ought to take somebody with you but I'm saying three hours out of 672, you can, you, can, you can reschedule your little hobbies. You can reschedule your washing day. You can reschedule your picnics. You can reschedule everything for three hours out of 672 hours. Amen? That's not asking much. But I'm going to tell you what it accomplishes. A great deal. Because the way this church was started was door-to-door visitation 
knocking on doors. I don't believe in stealing other members. And I want to tell you what will happen. We had 30-something go last, and that was more than I thought because I thought everybody had a baseball hangover. I didn't think we'd have anybody. I told Miss Lois, I said, Miss Lois, we have a lot of food left over. I'm so sorry. And then y'all came in late, which was a blessing. And we had a prayer meeting here at 830. But I want to tell you what will happen. God will work. Uh, this young couple under great conviction, uh, I've never met them, never seen them. Uh, God sends other people when you go. I've, I'm convinced of that. And I don't believe he sends people if you don't go. And I know some of you visit on your own, but I want to tell you something. You need to visit with us so you can encourage these teenagers and these other people that go that it's important to you. So put aside three hours out of 672 hours out of the next month and put it for visitation, if you would. That's how this church is started. I wish we had time for testimonies, because some of you had some great visits, but I won't have time to preach, and I'm going to let you go early tonight. But I appreciate every one of you that took your Saturday morning and uh, visited. I especially appreciate the cooks. That was delicious breakfast. Uh, team number one's up next. Team number one's up next September, uh, brother. Uh, Donald, appreciate that so much. All right. As a paid political announcement for us to grow. Every Sunday school teacher, you want your class to grow, you need to get excited about visitation. Amen? I, I couldn't believe one little girl just got saved, made her mama bring her to visitation Sunday morning. It's a Saturday morning. Amen? I said, boy, I was glad to see you visitation. She said, it was her fault. I said, well, great. Praise God. She got up and said, Brother Wayne says visitation. We're going to visitation. Brought the whole family. That's good. Amen? Daddy has to work on Saturday morning. He'd be here. He's very faithful to the Tuesday night visitation, Monday night. And so I'm going to tell you something. Um, it's the hardest thing I do is talk to people. But I think it's the most effective thing, one-on-one, -on -one, because Jesus did it. Jesus did it. And I believe every leader in this church ought to set a good example and go visit three hours out of 672. That's how many hours in a month. Did I get that across? How many hours in a month? Okay. But a great turnout yesterday and tremendous visitation. I appreciate it. I wish we had time for uh, testimonies because there were some great ones. Let's stand on the Word of God. James chapter 3. By the way, I told the story of Harold and Pete's visit to the Grigsby's. Now, he just got off his knees praying that God lead him to a church and they knocked on the door. Amen. That, that's amazing to me. Brother Blaine said it gave him goosebumps when I told that. I said, well, glory to God. Then I had Brother uh, uh, Bobby share his testimony about a preacher who gave up his Sunday afternoon nap and come and knocked on his door, and he got saved. And last time I checked, Brother Bobby Jackson's still saved, amen? And that's great. That's great. I mean, Brother Tisdale, I, know, I admire a soul winning preacher. I admire him. I didn't know him, but I just admire him. Because he won my brother to the Lord on a Sunday afternoon when most people like to nap. I think we'll call a Sunday afternoon visitation soon. And we're going to see how many people will give up their nap. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm thinking about that right now. But it's going to be a blessing. All right, look at verse 13. Who is a wise man? He's asking leaders and he's asking teachers because in reference to verse 1, he says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. You're going to have a greater judgment by being leaders. And then he said to those leaders, who is a wise man? And who is endued with knowledge among you? 
Let him show out uh, of a good conversation his works. There's those works again. With meekness. And here's the key word for the night. Of wisdom. But if, it, if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not. And lie not against the truth. This wisdom... There's that word again. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace, of them that make peace. You may be seated as I pray. Father, I think back about last Sunday night. God, three great messages. And God, I thank you, dear Lord, for these young people that preached their first message and second message. And God, I thank you, dear God, for our, the spirit of anticipation, excitement, and thrill that people are still being called to preach. Young men are still being called to preach. And Lord, it's the greatest calling on this earth. Lord, I pray, dear God, for... Uh, your help tonight. Uh, I'm weary of body and uh, just don't feel like preaching. But dear God, I don't go by feelings. I preach by faith. And so Lord, please help me. Please help these folks to listen. And God, help us to realize that wisdom is from above and that we need a whole lot of it in this confusing, bite, bite, backbiting, frivolous, dark, dismal, sinful world. God help us to have wisdom not to go down the drain with them. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you teach us in and through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give you three simple thoughts this morning, first of all, or this afternoon. First of all, I want you to know the value of wisdom. The value of wisdom. It's summed up in verse 13. It says, who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? He's talking to leaders. He's talking to teachers. He, because he begins this chapter about uh, teachers that uh, should not just be anxious to have a title, but realize that there is a greater condemnation. That you're going to give account of not only yourself, you're going to give account of your students, and you're going to give account of your example to those students. And he goes on to say, now watch your tongue. But then he goes on to say, hey, listen, you need wisdom. Wisdom is more important. You know, I, I tell you what, I, I've been caught in some... Uh, peculiar situations, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to act. I don't know how to, what to say. Uh, Tuesday night, right at the end of the service, I was totally confused about what to do. I mean, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to get up. I didn't know where to make a scene. I didn't know what to do. I, I was just sitting there praying somebody do something, okay? And you ought to do something uh, when there's any distractions in the house of God, any. But I want to tell you something, friend. I just prayed and God just, Solved everything. Amen. I didn't know what was happening. And you know, sometimes I'll never forget one time I was up making announcements like Jason makes announcements. And he's long winded on those announcements, isn't he? And uh, I was making an announcement, and all of a sudden, one of my youth went through the front door with the truck where we just got back from retreat. He not only went through the door, he knocked, he went through the drive under. And, it, and the truck was higher than the drive under, and he put it down on top of all our luggage, all the And I thought, I didn't. I saw the reflection of the of the building caving in while I was given. I lost my place, and I didn't know what to do. And I tell you what, friend, 
wild things happen when you're trying to preach the Word of God and trying to teach the Word of God. And all the, all the gates of hell want to prevent you from receiving the message. And so, folks, we need wisdom. And I'm not talking about church situations. I'm talking about tomorrow when you go to the job, what kind of wisdom you have. Fathers, what kind of wisdom do you have teaching your children? I'm telling you, there's many voices in this world, and they need to distinguish God's voice from all the other voices. I mean, my heart breaks sometimes when I see people advertising and glamorizing where they're at on Sunday. I need to give up this Facebook stuff because it aggravates me to no end that people have no conviction about being in the house of God in that they'll advertise where they're at and have so much fun. And some of you like it. And that makes me upset. Don't like it. Praise God. Rebuke it. Praise God in your, in your, in your thought heart. Amen. Don't get on there. That's not, the, that's not the agenda. I don't think you ought to start discussing the Bible on Facebook. I don't think you ought to rebuke people spiritually on Facebook. That's not very wise because some heathen will jump in there and agree with the worst point of view there is and you've just, you've just given an opportunity for some guy to jump in on a, on a, on a hobby horse. But I want to tell you something, you need wisdom. I mean, I need wisdom. Folks, the older I get, the more wisdom I need. Wisdom is more important than a lot of things. Look at verse um, 14. It says, but if you have bitter envy, strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. And it says this, uh, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. That means that the devil's trying to, uh, to counterfeit wisdom. He's trying to tell you some things to do in the flesh to get people upset and to uh, uh, magnify and amplify sin. And folks, wisdom is a great, great blessing. It's more important than um, uh, the monetary things of the world. I'm telling you, wisdom is more important than money. Some people do anything for money. I'm going to tell you something. It'll be a great day in your life when you begin to seek after wisdom more than you do money. Say amen. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. And this is what the Word of God says. I'd like to stay in Proverbs, but I'm trying to stay verse by verse in um, the book of James. I love Proverbs. But Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Would you look at it with me? Proverbs 3, verse 13. Talk about the value of wisdom. You ought to ask God to baptize your children with wisdom. Do you realize this? If your child marries the wrong person, what they're going to have to live in? None of you men raise your hand and say, I sure know that because you, then you'll be identifying you with the wrong one. But I'll tell you something, it's a tragedy. Somebody marry out of the will of God. You better ask for wisdom. Not to be attracted by the fleshly things, but the spiritual value. That's why I, tell my, I told my girls, I said, you attract boys spiritually, not physically. Don't, don't advertise for them to like you some way you don't want to be liked because I'm going to tell you something, sooner or later some other woman will come by and she'll advertise more. Amen. Isn't that good wisdom? Get your relationships spiritual. Keep them spiritual. And folks, it's more important than them being rich. Look at Proverbs 3, verse 13. The Bible says, Happy is a man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. <clears throat> I love that. Look at verse 14. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She, personalizing uh, wisdom, is more precious than rubies. And all the things that thou can desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right, listen now, 
in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Folks, I don't know about you, uh, but the Bible says in verse 17, her ways are the ways of pleasantness and her path are peace. I don't know about you, but I want my girls and I want my boys as they grow up and become young ladies and young men, I want them to have a peaceful life. I tell you what break my heart, break my heart, is I had to counsel my own children on how to get over divorce. I mean, it would break my heart to see uh, Trent or, or, um, or, or Mark walk off and leave my daughters to raise their children by themselves. There'd be no peace to that. There'd be no comfort to that. And folks, it's only by the grace of God that we can teach our children to fear God, to have wisdom in their decisions and their discernment, and realize what's important. Folks, it's more important than money. And by the way, you get into that kind of episode, it'll cost you more money than you ever thought it'd cost, cost you. It's not cheap. Sin's not cheap. Wisdom is better than strength. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 the Bible talks about wisdom being stronger than, 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 than strength. I mean, it's stronger than, and I say, and you know, we're in this workout episode. I've been working out, can't you tell? And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, getting in shape. And, you know, some people, they live for that. You know, they're buff, and they have a six-pack, and it's not something they carry around. And they live for that, and they walk, and they get up, and they, and they exercise. And I think that's good. It profits little compared to spiritual exercise, but I think it's great to stay in shape. I mean, I'm in perfect shape, and I appreciate God blessing me uh, with this. But, uh, you know, I'm, tell uh, I'm exaggerating a little, and that is a joke. But um, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 talks about strength. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9 verse 16. The Bible says this. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of a wise man are heard in a... In quiet, more than they, the, cry, the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but, on, but one sinner destroyed, destroyeth much good. Folks, I want to tell you something. What we need is more wisdom up in the White House. And what we need is more wisdom in the Pentagon. And what we need is more wisdom in the governor's house. But I'll tell you where we really need more wisdom is in your house and my house. I just want wisdom. Folks, we've only got one time called life. We, don't, we can't just throw the dice and say we're going to try it again. Folks, I'm telling you, what you do today is very important. It's more important than military strength. It's more important than monetary power. And then wisdom uh, is greater and more important than mental power. I preached um, a chapel service up at Crown College several years ago, and I wish I had, to, I, I wish I had it to do again because I really blew it. I really blew it. But I preached a message and I thought the title was great. The message just didn't come out. I preached on, uh, while getting an education, get some wisdom. And I preached hard about the end of sin. And I preached hard about the, uh, uh, the scriptures and, 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 and having wisdom. And folks, I want to tell you something. Wisdom is more important than education. I've seen a lot of, of, of people of great understanding, Einstein and others, didn't have wisdom. They died lost. And they, and they felt empty about their whole life. And folks, Solomon prayed in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, 9 and 10, 
uh, he said, you can have anything you want. And he asked for wisdom. And God was impressed with that and gave him wisdom and understanding. He said, you've asked for the greatest thing, Solomon. And folks, I want to tell you something. Oh, that our leaders would ask for wisdom. I heard there's a, a, a good prayer meeting going on with more cabinet members than ever in history. That's wonderful. I don't even know how this is happening because it's, it was such a rough time the last uh, few years in our, in our country. And, and here's uh, uh, more cabinet members uh, uh, having Bible study every week. Folks, that's wisdom. Wisdom is greater than mental power. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 4 through 8. I'm just trying to tell you the value of wisdom. Proverbs 4, verse 4 through 8. The Bible says this, He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, Proverbs 4, 5. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of thy mouth. Forsake her not, and it shall preserve thee. Love her, personalizing wisdom again. And she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. And he even says you ought to exalt her. Exalt what? Wisdom. She shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor. Then shall thus, then thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thy hand an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall be she delivered to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I want to say this, friend. I don't believe in losing your salvation, but I do believe in losing your life. There is a sin unto death, 1 John 5, 16. And I believe you can go so, back, so far back against God that God will shorten your life. And by the way, if you're a Christian and you're living in sin, God can really correct you. That's the fear of God. Amen? I believe the fear of God is the awesome dread of displeasing Him. I believe the fear of God is knowing that God knows. That's reverence. The fear of God is knowing that He's omniscient. He knows everything. Some people try to sin in darkness. Hey, God knows where you're at. God tries, some people try to sin when they leave the city limits. God knows where you're at. And folks, I want to tell you something. God's powerful enough to come where you're at. And I want to tell you something. I used to fear my mama because she swung a mean hickory switch. And it was not, it was, she wasn't mean, it was the hickory switch that was mean. One time I had this idea, I was going to go out there and try to poison that bush. And she always cut a hickory switch off of it. But I want to tell you something, that was the greatest blessing of my life. The time I shot my window out with 153 BBs, because Bubby, who's watching probably, you ought to get in church. Uh, Bubby, uh, my best friend, said, why don't you shoot your, uh, your, your, your bedroom window out with this new BB gun? I said, I think I will. Wasn't that the dumbest thing to ever do? It was my, it was my window. It was my bedroom. And I remember I, I said, one, two, three, 153, it crashed. When it crashed, my mother said, Kenneth Wayne Cofield, what have you done? I said, Bubby did it. She said, no, Bubby might have did it, but y'all both going down. And I remember we came up there to face the music, and I said, run, Bubby, run. And we started running around the table. My asthmatic mama, puffing and puffing. Sorry, had her switch. And she finally caught me, and I'm going to tell you something. She whipped the devil out of me and whipped Bubby too. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Planned Parenthood wouldn't like that. United Way wouldn't like that one. Amen. Praise God. She, she wiped us both out. 
And I'm saying, listen, every time I pick up a gun, I feel warm in a certain place. I hate hunting. Y'all go, I'm playing golf. It's safer. But I ain't, I ain't hunting because I remember the day that I picked up my BB gun and, and listened to the voice of a demon-possessed friend named Bubby. Amen. And got me in trouble. Oh, friend, listen. I hope that one day your children can bless your name by saying, you taught me to listen to the voice of God. That's the fear of God. Before they fear God, they better fear daddy and mama. But I'm not talking about fear that you're going to kill them with a switch, but that you love them and you know all about them and, you're, and, and you know and you know that you have to be daddy and mama, not just best friend. And that's the principal thing. Wisdom. Wisdom. It's more valuable than military strength. It's more power, valuable than strength. It's more power, valuable than monetary. It's more, power, it's more valuable than mental. Folks, I want to tell you something. James is talking to these teachers, saying anybody in authority, you need wisdom. You need wisdom. Anybody in leadership, you need wisdom. You need to let the Holy Spirit control your tongue or you'll get in trouble and make everybody mad, run everybody off. I put my foot in my mouth so much when I first got in the ministry, I wore white shoes. I did. I had had a baby blue uh, suit on and white shoes, and somebody called me Pat Boone. I threw those... I threw those shoes away. Amen. Y'all don't even know who Pat Boone is. But anyway, I remember reading or hearing a long time ago about a country school teacher who was applying for a job to teach in a country schoolhouse, and the Board of Education was giving this country school teacher a test. And one of the questions on the test was this, can you teach what you do not know? And I think her answer was classic. She said, you can no more teach that which you do not know than you can come from where you ain't been. <laughs> Amen. But I'm afraid that we have teachers today who try to teach what they don't know. Folks, the difference in great knowledge of the Bible is knowing God. And that's wisdom. You get wisdom... By not looking around, you get wisdom by looking up. Go back to James, please. James chapter 1. We will come back to Proverbs in closing. But James chapter 1, verse uh, 5. James chapter 1, verse 5, please. How do we get wisdom? Well, the Bible says, If any man, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. It's the only liberal thing about God. And he upbraideth not. I love that. It means he don't scold you for asking again. What did you say, God? It says, He upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. So, folks, I want to tell you something. God has promised you that he will give you what he calls wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is the, is the fear of God. Wisdom is honoring your parents. Wisdom is knowing who God is. Wisdom is knowing that your sins will find you out. Wisdom is knowing this Word is God's Word. I think we ought to receive it as God's Word. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to say it very kindly, but I want to tell you, so if you're not faithful to church, you don't believe this Word is God's Word. Because I'm going to tell you something, if God was speaking tonight, you'd show up. Hey, if God was speaking tonight, you wouldn't miss a word. You'd hang on every, every syllable. 
If it's God speaking, well, I'm going to tell you something. When God's Word's read and God's Word is preached in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's God's voice. And I believe, parents, you're, you're, you're doing a great injustice to your children to say there's better things to do and more important things to do and greater priorities and, and more exciting hobbies and all kinds of junk that keeps your child from the house of God. I think it's a, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a obstruction of, of wisdom. And one day you'll reap what you sow when they have no wisdom, and they marry old hunk of baloney that that cons your daughter or cons your son into thinking that their their romance or their flesh or their sensuality is enough to 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 have a relationship. You'll cry yourself to sleep when that knucklehead walks off and leaves your daughter with a bunch of kids to raise on her own. Wisdom. Wisdom. Folks, wisdom goes far more than in your life. Wisdom, the value of it, it travels to the next generation. The Bible says in Psalms 111 verse 10 that the, uh, the, wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. The fear of God. Proverbs chapter 24 says uh, that through wisdom is a house built. It didn't say, I mean, a home is built. Look at Proverbs 20. I think we started a Sunday school class on this several years ago, and I, I taught the home improvement class. Can't wait to this fall. I'm going to do a Sunday night uh, family series. But Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. Through wisdom is a house built, and by understanding is established. You know what the you know what the you know what the world needs some some stability in the home because people are coming home to chaos and ridicule and heartache and no daddy or no mama and that ain't God's will and you wonder why the next generations turn out like it is I'll tell you why because somebody's not using much wisdom and they're not showing much fear of God because look at the next verse verse four. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. What is that? The pleasant and pleasant, uh, precious riches are things that money cannot buy. And so we have the value of wisdom. Number two, we have the virtue of wisdom. Look at chapter 3 of James, verse 16. For where envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. Folks, uh, wisdom is good. Amen. It says, for wisdom that is from above is first pure and peaceful, gentle and easy to be treated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Folks, listen. He said, if you're so arrogant, you're so arrogant that you think it's your wisdom that's building your home and building your class and building your ministry, and you think it's your wisdom that controls your tongue, the Bible says in verse 14, uh, your envy and strife is, is wisdom that descendeth not from above, but it's earthly, it's sensual, it's even devilish. It's devilish. Oh, friend, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, we need to realize that the value of wisdom is this. You don't let the devil con you into a life of living out of God's will. There's safety in the will of God. I don't know why people take a chance of being out of the will of God. I heard about a young man that fell 
off of Tallulah Falls, and, and it was Blaine's friend that he was recruited with in the fire hall, and, and, he, and he died. I don't know if it was this afternoon or yesterday. I don't know when it was. I think it was this afternoon. Folks, it's dangerous. I want to tell you, the safest place to be in the stormy life is in the house of God. I mean, if there's tornado warnings out, let's all come on try to get here, amen? It's the safest place. And then if God takes us up, what, what a blessing it would be to go up together. <laughs> amen? Wisdom is gentle. It's meek. Look at, the, look at verse 13. It says, it says it's good and it's, and, it's, and it's meek. Meek comes from the word mecca, which means even. And a meekness is a man that looks up or not looks up or down at anyone. Meekness is that, hey, God, you created us different. And if somebody's more blessed, it's because you blessed them. And if somebody's somebody that's least or not blessed as much, God, you've not called us to, to look down our nose at them, but we're to be gentle and meek. Meekness is not weakness. It's just not thinking of yourself as, as Brother Derek so wonderfully preached last Sunday night is that meekness is not weakness. Meekness is power under control. Moses was the meekest man on earth, but he wasn't a wimp. I mean, the last time I checked, he drowned the whole Pharaoh's army by just saying, hey, be still and know that he's God. Three things that are devilish, verse 14, about the earthly wisdom is the revelation of it is jealous. Look at verse 14. It says, "In bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not. And he is against the truth. And there's strife. And the roots of it is earthly. And folks, I want to tell you something. It's earthly. He called it sensual. He called it devilish. It's demonic. The results of, verse 16, confusion. No wonder we have a confused generation. Because they got confused parents. Amen? I mean, 70% of homes are being raised by one parent. That's confusing to a child. Where's daddy? Where's mama? Why can't y'all get along? Kids don't understand that. Because you know what? They love both of you. Say amen. But the world says, oh, well, you know, just file for mutual agreement on it. What do you call it? No fault divorce. God, help us. Somebody's at fault. Might be at fault that you didn't have wisdom. And Folks, I want to tell you something. God help us if we go through tragedy like that to get bitter and, and, and try to get mad and leave the church every time the preacher tries to help the next generation to stay together. Wisdom is, hey, I don't want you to go through that. I don't want you to go through the agony of it. I'm rebuilding my life by God's grace. I'm not a second-class saint by any means. But praise God, I learned from my mistake. That's wisdom. And so, friend, let me just close by saying there's a victory of wisdom. Look at verse 17 and 18. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Oh, friend, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Wisdom shows... But you need to be right with God. Wisdom is this. God's Holy Spirit, God's Word, God's mind is enough through you. And I want to tell you something. Sin will drive you crazy. 
Amen. I mean, the insane asylum, the institutes are full of people that the reason they're there is not because of sickness or genes, it's because of sin drove them crazy. They tried to find peace and contentment and fulfillment and self-acceptance in the things of the world, and they absolutely drove, the devil drove them to, 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 to lose their mind. I've seen it over and over again. breaks my heart. Wisdom shows you the end of sin. I'm glad that we got a book that shows us the page two, Paul, Paul Harvey. The end of the story. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4, and I read this often, and, and it's just amazing, the verses in Proverbs 4 about the end of sin. It says, it says this, listen to this now. Uh, look at v- chapter 4, verse um, um, 17, 417. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Who is it? For they that sleep and except they have done mischief and they sleep is taken away unless they come come to some fall. But look at verse 18. But the path of the just is the shining light. They shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is a darkness. No wisdom. They know not at what they stumble. Don't even know why they're falling. And you know what? They're always the victim. Well, it's because so and so did and mama dropped me on the head when I was two years old. Well, get over it. Amen. That's Freudian psychology. It's mama's fault. It's daddy's fault. No, I believe in reality therapy. It's your fault because it's sin. You ought to confess it and forsake it. Now, I know some people have some terrible home lives. I had one. But folks, I got over it. And I got out of it. And I came back and tried to help those who were in it. My daddy got saved. I'm telling you, friend, there is victory. But it's all because of the grace of God. And so listen, they don't even know what they stumble at. Now look at these verses real quick. My son, attend to my words and incline mine ears unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. I want to tell you something. The greatest security that you have, mom and daddy, for your child is that they're full of the Word of God, wisdom. And they measure everything they do and say and where they go and who they associate with by the Bible and the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you something, they'll grow up to make you so proud and so happy that they fear God. And on the vice versa, if they don't, and some of you parents are going through this, so I'm going to try to be gentle. But if they don't, and they live in sin, and they don't repent, they'll break your heart and especially mama's heart. I've been through about 14 days of sleepless nights because of a burden for someone else's family. And sometimes I'll wake up at 3 o'clock and I'll say, God, if that was my family, how could I sleep? How good our rest. I tell you, friend, we need to see the end of sin before it happens and do something about it. Amen? And then you bring them to church 
and your daughter gets saved. <laughs> you bring them to church, grandchildren get saved. You bring them to church, and the circumference and center of your life changes from all the things that it was to Jesus. And you live and count the days to go to church. And you have home devotion, even though you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and everything changes. Because there's a new spirit. There's a new appetite. There's a new want to. And friend, I want that for my children. I want that for my grandchildren. And the only way they can get it is this, wisdom. It's peace. It's pure. It's pure. We've got to teach the next generation that sin does not pay. Never has, never will. And that the devil will advertise a whole lot of things that he ain't going to bring to pass. Let's go on. I'll quit right now. I'm not even halfway through the outline, but that's okay. I'm just trying to preach from my heart. Because my heart's broken. It says, but the path of the just is the shining light. It shineth more and more to that perfect day. The way of the wicked is darkness. They know not what they stumble. My son, intend to my words, incline thy ears unto my sayings. I'm sorry to read that again, but maybe the Holy Spirit wants me to read it again. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them. They're life for those that find them and help to all their flesh. And there's one of my, one of my favorite verses. Verse 23, chapter 4, Proverbs. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Out of it are the issues of life. <laughs> it's a heart batter. And then look at verse 24. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. You know what that is? That's an old jaybird that's hanging around your kids saying church is not important. Oh, this activity, it's priority today. No, it's not God's priority today, and He's priority every day. Oh, it's all right. You don't have to be close to God. Just marry me and I'll give you a lot of money and you'll be famous and we'll, have, we'll just be in love all our life. It's a life in the pit of hell. Because He has nothing to offer you unless He has Jesus. Look at this. Put away from that forward mouth. But look at verse 25. Let thine eyes look right on and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. Here it is. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Ponder the path of thy feet. You know what that's saying? I've said this a hundred times, I'll say 101, we'll go. Find out where the bus is going before you get on it. Sin will take you a lot lower than you ever thought you'd go. It'll cost you a lot more than you're willing to pay, and it'll keep you a lot longer than you wanted to stay. So don't get on the bus. That's wisdom. And if you'll read chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, at the end of every chapter, it says the end of sin. It spells it out, calls it addiction, calls it prison, calls it hell. I think whoever 
wrote Proverbs was Ken to James. They're both blunt 30. But they do it because they love you. And so, folks, I'm going to stop with that one word there. Wisdom is pure. And then it leads to peaceable. I don't know about you, but I thank God for the peace of God. It rules in my heart. And it overrules if I let it. But I'll tell you what, I, I, I appreciate not only the peace that rules, but I thank God for the peace that lets me rest. Knowing that my children, my grandchildren, they, weren't, they once were spiritually blind. And now they see. They once were spiritually immature. But now they're growing. That's wisdom. It's pure and it's peaceful. And teachers and leaders, and you all are one, because somebody you're the best Christian they know, with all you're getting, get wisdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this passage. I know I didn't do it justice, but uh, dear God, I'll get back to it, I promise you. But Lord, I thank you for just the admonition to have wisdom that is pure, that's peaceful, peaceable, and it comes down from above. We don't just try to educate ourselves for wisdom. We don't go through seminars for wisdom. And we sure don't let the crazy world try to teach us wisdom. It cometh down from above. Lord, I want to pray for more wisdom. As pastor of this church, as husband of my dear beautiful wife, as daddy to my four precious children, as granddaddy to my 13 grandchildren, and as pastor of this church. I want to beg you right now, like Solomon begged you, for wisdom. And I know that means the fear of God. And I know that means that we believe that you speak to our hearts through your word. God, thank you for the wisdom of these people. Put aside the rest, put aside the TV, put aside the shopping, put aside the hobbies, put aside all the events of the day on this Lord's Day and came back to hear the Word of God preached one more time. That's wisdom. And that's teaching every child in this place that your Word, your voice, your spirit gives us wisdom. It creates a fear of God in our life that we reverence you and glorify you with every day of our life.